When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. Funny moment in Chiefs Broncos. I assume you saw Jerry Judy throwing a tantrum early in the game, taking off his helmet, going insane, bumping a ref, no clue how he was in flags, probably should have been ejected uh, for making contact with the official. And then after that outburst has three touchdowns, which I didn't know a Broncos offense was allowed to have three touchdowns (laughs) in a game. Um, Do you think Jerry Judy is going to ask for a trade out of Denver? That was what I was thinking about when I was I, I think I think Phil grants him that. I think if he doesn't, I think he'll still get traded. I think he'll be the most coveted wide receiver. And you know, there's there's there'll be a couple of guys who aren't even really on our radar right now, like happened last year's draft. But I think he'll get traded. I think the Broncos want to do it because they're trying to recoup the picks that they gave up for Wilson. They started that with the Chubb trade at the deadline. Yeah, I think people. I think the the success of AJ Brown this year in Philadelphia. I think somebody's going to give up multiple first round picks for him because they see the high end talent and the potential. So yeah, I'm with you on that. I could see your team doing a move like that 100. percent The Bears. I think that would be. That's almost makes too too much sense, even with the Bears making the awful Claypool trade with the Steelers. Um, yeah, I don't think the Bears will because of the Claypool trade unless they can trade down, unless it was like a, a draft day thing after they trade down out of the, the top uh, five and pick the, up multiple first. The other thing I was thinking about with that game, and I, I, I was I wanted to get your – I was thinking about this for most of uh, the night before we taped this because I saw her talk about this, and I'm like, I, I, I got to get Danny's take on this now. Okay. Were you persuaded at all? by anything Mina Kime said about the Russell Wilson conversation. And, and and that's on the heels of the way graphically he got like knocked out of this game and everybody saw just how. Fill me in. What did I miss? What happened? She thinks that it's gotten to a point where like the piling on is just so out of line. He sucks, but people seem to want to make it very personal with him and not just like ex-players and stuff. But like the media, she thinks is dancing on his grave way too much. And she thinks it's gone like way beyond what we're used to seeing for star quarterbacks. Well, okay. And okay. A couple of things are true here. Um, I'm paraphrasing the best I can, by the way, on this. If I have it slightly wrong, I apologize. But that's that's the gist of it. Okay. I think 
a couple of things are true. Russell Wilson is a tough dude to like and relate to. Like he he seems phony. His teammates, the people who know him best, don't really seem to like him. He got a quarter of a billion dollars and he's married to a gorgeous pop star. And he owns the biggest house in Denver and he flaunts all of it. Like, you know what I mean? So he's just like, it's, there's not a lot likable there. You're, you're like, you're kind of jealous, but you kind of hate him, but you kind of root for him to fail. And so there's not, there's Andy's fake. So it's just, there's, there's nothing to really grab onto in terms of like likability. And then the other part of it is, dude, until today, he was the worst quarterback in football in a lot of statistical categories in terms of the dudes who had qualified. Like Jamal Williams, like what's your favorite Broncos stat? That if they had scored 18 points or more in every game so far, they they would have been like nine and three coming yep. into today? Or that Jamal Williams coming into today had as many touchdowns as the Broncos offense? Or that Davis Mills is the only guy with a lower passer rating than Russell Wilson? Like all of those things are were facts before today. You know, so I, I, he, I think what she's talking about, and I didn't see it, so I apologize, but my guess is, is that she's talking about some of like the personal stuff and she she's is. like, she's a very smart, analytical, watches the film type of person. So she's probably like very, on like her, like watchability, rootability, and she was a, she's a Seattle fan. So she probably like saw the best of Russ, you know, all that stuff. And so, like, I, she's the perfect person to be making that argument. But for those of us who had no connection to him in Seattle, and our only connection to him was the phoniness slash jealousy for whatever that exists for people, and then he fails in this epic fashion. I mean, he deserved it on the field. There wasn't an argument to be made for Russell Wilson on the field through 12 games. Yeah. You know, so, you know, he he had a good day today against a real bad defense at home, throwing to his best target, you know, I, so I don't know, like it, I don't look at that guy as a terribly sympathetic figure, even if I agree that the criticism has gotten personal, but I can't, I can't even like blame this on the internet. His teammates, his ex-teammates are the ones that are stoking the flames. Right. And I think maybe, I think some of what she said too might have been like not so much at media coverage, but also about like how those players have framed it. Well, but um, that's not like that. I mean, what am I supposed to do about that, right. man? I mean, Richard Sherman's uh, on Thursday Night Football on Amazon dunking on his ex-teammates. I, 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 I don't feel bad for him whatsoever. N- not, like no part of him for me is somebody that I like look at now and say like, Oh, like I feel almost journalistically or from an entertainment standpoint, like I've crossed some kinds of kind of line or I've devolved into like a shittier person because I think it's hysterical how bad he is there. (laughs) I won't let somebody shame me into not finding entertainment value. The bears tried to trade for him. Right. 
You know what I mean? So like, there, there's. I would a- also disagree with idiot. The, he had a good day in part because his team got way behind and they partially dug themselves out of a hole that nobody saw them being capable of doing because they had set the bar like a thousand leagues beneath the sea as far as what we expect out of them in a game. So congratulations. Was, I will say this. It was good to see him have a little bit of mobility. He had 57 well, yeah, rushing. Yeah, to fall behind by double digits for that to happen, though. Like, I don't know. No, no, I know. But I'm just saying he had 57 rushing yards on four carries. You know, so, like, that that, that was good for, in terms of, like, the ability of him to turn the corner as a football player, forgetting the other stuff for a minute. But, yeah, man, it's it's been hilarious. <laughs> like, it's, it, it, has been, it has been hilarious to watch. Um. Well, we got a lot of games left. One offensive touchdown in eight quarters for Deshaun Watson. When, if ever, does concern set in about what type of football player the Browns have this season? Does it does it happen, or is that is this whole year just a reacclimation for Deshaun Watson and nothing that he really does matters? On the I don't agree. I don't agree with that. I mean, I'm asking. Look, no. I mean, we've talked already on this podcast about what friggin' uh, Brock Purdy's been able to do. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't... I mean, it's 700 days between games and whatever pressure he's feeling. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, like he, could, he could complete zero passes the rest of the way, and he's their week one starter next year because of the pedigree and because of the talent. Well, and, the, I mean, and, yeah. because, and because of the contract, you know, right. I mean, provided nothing else off the field happens, but yeah, I would agree. Well, yeah. You. So, so, you know what I mean? Like it, it, I, I could see people in Cleveland just giving him a complete wash on whatever he does on the field this year. I don't, I don't know if the coach is going to get that. So I'm, I'm not convinced that Stefanski is going to be able to just tell Haslam who has a, I think his default setting is to want to fire coaches as it is, I don't know if he's going to get that benefit of the doubt. Right. Yeah. Even though Stefanski he, doesn't have a $230 million fully guaranteed contract. Right. But my thing is if, well, now that we're, I mean, it's not like it's to me, it, w- it wouldn't be asking him too much to learn a new offense in the off season. So no. I would not want to keep Kevin Stefanski just because I felt like Deshaun Watson had to get on board midstream and be a productive quarterback that in that unusual way. Like, no, I, 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 if I were a Browns fan, I would, you know, I'd already feel gross that he's my quarterback and I would just be even, I would not be in a very good mental place right now. Having watched him play these first. He had, uh, he had one throw that I saw with a lineman kind of draped all over him and he still was able to like, contort his body as he was falling down and rifle the ball like 12, 15 yards up the seam for a completion. He had some decent mobility moments, like escaping to the sideline. Like it's obviously still all in there, but not, not looking great. Bengals, man, by the way, just winners of seven of eight. Higgins gets hurt again during the game. No Boyd and an easy cover. Yep. 
Just and it, all this. That's when the smart football people got wrong. Bengals regression. They were doing victory laps after two weeks. Yeah, I think they hit their season total. Win. I think they hit their season over today. They were eight and a half. Yeah, to today was nine. Out, nine and four. Yeah. Yeah. Today, today, today was today was nine. Uh, I loved Cincy today. That was an easy cover for me. Um, Bills Jets. Robert Sala referenced seeing them again this year, referencing a third potential matchup with the Bills. Competitive game, ugly game, weather game today. Do you think we get it? You think we get Bills Jets part three in the playoffs? Uh, what's their what's going to be their tiebreaker situation with with LA if they're both nine and eight? That's my uh, question because I could see that. I could see the Jets. Right now, the Chargers actually have the tiebreak over the Jets based on win percentage in conference games. The Chargers are five and four, and the Jets are five and five in the AFC. You so, know, if, so if, if it ended today, the Jets would actually miss the playoffs and the Chargers would be the seventh seed. I mean, there's a history of New York coaches talking this way and it working, whether it's Rex Ryan, whether it's. You're going not so much. Coughlin was not a talk guy, and Salah. It was almost just like a like an. It was like a parenthetical. Like it, it wasn't like a guarantee, but it was just like he was like portraying confidence. He's like, "There's so much more this team can accomplish." You know, we'll see him again, and we just believe in this team so much. And it was like, you mean this year? Not, I'm not positive. I'm not positive that you get them again this year. I think the Jets are in a weird spot. I know we talked about this last week, and there are a lot of things to like about their roster defensively um, and some of their skill position guys. We'll see what happens with Brees Hall coming back from that knee injury. But I don't think they're any closer to figuring out their quarterback situation. In fact, they're in a, they're in a worse spot than I thought they would be in when the season started. Where Wilson's well, yeah. getting flushed down the toilet. Mike White is not the guy. You're not going to be able to draft somebody now. So well, what you're, you guys- you're, in a wor- you're in a worse spot because you don't you didn't get any clarity on Zach Wilson and the data that you did get was largely negative. But obviously they they benched him. He's he's running the scout team, but he's still under contract for. Two more years cheap. They don't have to make a fifth-year option decision till after next year. You know what I mean? They, they, they still have time. Uh, but I still think the Jets' season largely a success because of the emergence of, of everybody else. Because of everybody else. Well, it looks like your coach actually knows what he's doing, which is half the battle. He's had a good year. Jaguars, Titans, the uh, the upset of the day. It was a good favorites day in the NFL. Uh, I did this on the show last week about Justin Fields. If you were starting a team, you don't get to pick the ro- the, the whole roster or whatever, but you're, you're starting a team, you build, you're building around a quarterback. So you got to factor in age, talent, skill, baggage, all of it. How many guys are you taking before you take Trevor Lawrence, who was awesome today? But Tennessee's pass defense sucks. Oh, man. Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Herbert, 
Hurts. Yep. So Hurts to me is still interesting. And like, I got a lot of pushback on this one. The guy is in the perfect situation. The guy, I, Jalen Hurts has the best offensive line, an offensive head coach, two number one receivers, and good running backs. Like, I think he's awesome. He's going to be top three MVP finisher this year. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm still not positive that he's awesome by himself, but fine. Hurts. Fields? Well, not Dak. You skipped him in the NFC East, but I would not say Dak over Lawrence. No, neither would I. I wouldn't say Dak. I wouldn't say Kyler. I wouldn't say Lamar. I wouldn't say Tua. It's Fields or Lawrence. Well, Fields has opened my eyes this year, and I think like... um. I'm starting to I'm starting to skew myself more towards him just because he's really doing it with almost nothing. Correct. You know, even more so. Peterson at least has the coach. And I know you like the offensive coordinator there in Chicago, but he doesn't have the reputation that obviously Peterson does in Jacksonville. And I just think there's more weapons there in Jacksonville from ETN when he's healthy. Ingram had a big game today. Monster Christian game. Kirk. Um, their offensive line is a lot better, but the only guy I want to circle back to is I do think there's a chance and I, I've never been the, I've never been the biggest guy on this quarterback, but I do think Kyler Murray, like if you get him away from Kingsbury, I think there's going to be a lot of coaches who say, I can make that quarterback into a really good player. I mean, a lot of coaches who would say that, who would have that belief. Opinion of Kyle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Super talented. Like I would like, I I would say Lawrence, but I think that one, you you kind of just went right through him. I think that's a very close call. The reason I don't think it is, is because of the size difference. Like Lawrence is prototypical and Kyler is the extreme the other way. And the money. Like, Lawrence is still cheap. Oh, oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Because you're saying start a team and you take their contract. Into you get everything. It. Yeah, okay, I agree with you then. Yeah. How about Lamar Jackson? No, I, I think it's I think it's Lawrence. Yeah, Same I'd rather thing. have him too. I mean, Lamar's in your – I mean, he's won an MVP, but he hasn't progressed significantly as a passer, and he's about to get $50 million a year. Even if it's just year by year on the tag. You know, it's still – I think it's still Lawrence. Um, and I know the way I'm asking the question, I'm not asking like to win a game tomorrow, right? I take Aaron Rodgers over all those dudes, you know, like it. So I, but to, to, I'm just trying to like rank the assets. And, and, and speaking of your Detroit thing, I'd much rather have Jacksonville find their way in to win the AFC South and have them host a playoff game than Tennessee. But I think we're. Yes, absolutely. In terms of, right. We should get one of those a year. First and pod should get to remove one playoff <laughs> team and put in another one in each yeah. conference every year for watchability. All right, last game. Uh, this was another game where the market got the number very right. We were like, oh, it's a weird spread. And then the side of the weird spread won convincingly uh, with Carolina winning winning outright. Is the Seahawks defense just too bad for them to 
really do anything meaningful. Well, they found their they found their way for a while there. And now it seems the last two weeks, like they've gone back to being the team they were at the start of the year, which is one of the worst defenses in the NFL. When they were not a good team, they were just a fun team because of the way Geno was playing. I watched a lot of that game. I did not think Geno, he made some really good throws, but I also think. Yeah, it was not his best day. He he struggled at times. Man. I mean, the running game was obviously not as there. You know, Walker being injured, all that. But let let me say this in that putrid NFC South. I think Carolina's defense is the best unit of the four teams right now. Now, you know, this they they scored 30 today and won. So it wasn't like they beat Seattle 13 to 10. Yeah. But They've got dudes and they're well coached. And if they run the ball, you know, they should be able to, you think in theory, run the ball against the Steelers the way that they did against Seattle after watching what happened to Pittsburgh against Baltimore today. You brought up earlier, they control their own destiny. Yeah. What a friggin' story that would be, man. And Darnold's looked, I mean, look, he's not, they're not asking him to do too much. And he had that ridiculous chest pass. Uh, yeah. At the goal line today, um, but that's that's been an under the radar nice story there that Wilkes, after getting run out of Arizona after one year, has done a really good job with a team that I think really at the his his owner's got to be pissed because I think he, Tepper wanted that team to be like two and fifteen bad for the number one pick. Oh yeah, that season's not gone according to plan. <laughs> not not even close. Uh, we're way late, but just one one thing on the Monday night game. This is must win for New England in Arizona. Yes, they're a one and a half point favorite. They're six and six. They're on the outside of the playoffs, looking in. After this game, they have at Vegas, home against Cincy, home against Miami, at Buffalo. Like they're probably drawing dead for the playoffs anyway, but. No chance at the seven seed if they lose this game, even though it's an NFC game. Correct? If they lose, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, you just the rest have of the, right. Rest of the schedule is just too hard. Like they're 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 probably not making it anyway. But they got the tiebreaker over the Jets. I mean, that's the one thing they've got going for them because they swept them this year. Man, yeah. what a season this is going to be to analyze for Belichick when it's all said and done, because the defense at times has been outstanding. But again, now the Patricia thing is blown up in his face again with the way Mac Jones has looked and the offense has looked the last couple of games. And when you're paying a dude $20 million, when you're making Belichick a $20 million a year executive slash coach, like you have a right to demand for them to be great every year. So the standards have slipped there. And I'm just, I I, I do get a kick out of watching like New England now have to, you know, live with the rest of us on the other side of the tracks with Brady gone. It is delightful. (laughs) It it really is. That's why I'm rooting very hard for the Packers to not have a franchise quarterback soon. It'd be fun for them to know how the rest of the world eats. Yep. All right. Thanks to Spencer Ray, our executive producer. He's Andrew Filipponi. Check him out in Pittsburgh. I'm Danny Parkins. Do it in Chicago. We do this twice a week, every week, every team, every game. Subscribe. Tell an NFL friend. First and pod.